Hello good people of the world and welcome to episode 5 of Passive Aggressive Film Reviews. I'm Nathaniel Barrett-Moore. And I'm Richard Shittlebob. What have you been up to this week, Richard? Mixing, mixing with any gays? Um, not directly, Nathaniel, no. Um, it's been a quiet week, really, for me. Done a bit of freelance writing work. Okay. Um, for for the, the glorious Telegraph. Oh, yes. It was an enthusiastic piece uh, recommending the cessation of all benefits for those under 25. Which no doubt you would be uh, talking up. I was, I was I was pleased to be able to write it, to be honest. Um, very, very keen supporter of that particular concept. Yeah, I think we uh, knew that was coming. <laughs> um, I've had two appearances on Sky TV. Really? I don't know. Did you, did you catch any of them, Nathaniel? I know you, I know you subscribe. I do, but uh, I didn't see you on the, on the screen, no. Well, <coughs> excuse me. The first one, um, I appeared on their popular political discussion program, What the Bastards Think. Pretty lively, pretty lively yeah. debate. Uh, Diane Abbott, the Labour stalwart. Yes. I the know. emphasis on the wart, very much so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Education Secretary Michael Gove. They're at loggerheads. They, I'll tell you what, Nathaniel, it's not until you're in the studio that you realise the, the, the general loathing that the, that the opposing parties feel for each other. Yeah, that's all genuine, do you? It, it felt it to me. They were bristling. There was, there, was a, there was an electricity in the air that was either utter hatred or pure lust. It was hard to tell which one it was. Well, I think it's probably the former. Do you think so? I'm still pretty much surprised, and I must admit. Well, as a result of their, 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 their tempestuous, vitriolic hatred of each other, um, I didn't really have much to say. In, in all honesty, just because I didn't get a chance, I had plenty I wanted to say, but I didn't get a chance. I managed just four words on the whole appearance, but I'm I still sure got paid. Say it again. I'm sure you made them count. Well, but it, it matters not to me, Nathaniel. I still got paid in triple figures, so makes no odds. I thought you were a man of integrity. Who's laughing now? That's what I thought as I was on my way home. You check your bank balance here. You what it. did you say anyway? What did I say? Yeah. I said. Only the poor matter. Right, okay. I was being controversial. Never. <laughs> Second appearance um, on Soccer AM. Really? Yeah. I've got to say, I didn't know a single person present, and I found them to be a disgustingly simplistic lot. Really? All I, I seemed bothered about was football. Well... It is a football show, Richard. You can't expect... Well, I know that. But surely they can broaden their, their palette, you know, marginally. They could encompass other topics occasionally. Well, you're not going to get Helen Chamberlain talking about slashing benefit systems, are you? You're going to be uh, talking about football players. So you, you'd have to uh, dumb yourself down for a bit, Richard. I did. I mm -hmm. did. Um, and again, it was one of those where... There was a vague sense of self-loathing the entire time I was there, but I had to hide that behind a mask of of civility and good nature, and just 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 think of the money. That must have been jolly difficult for you. It was tough. It was tough going. I don't know. The the, the producer made noises to, at the end once we were off air about potentially um, you know a second booking later in the season. 
Well, I'll have to think long and hard. How did you find Helen Shangley? Oh, she's a, she is. Isn't she a minx? She, oh, she is absolutely divine. And I, again, something, something you can only find out when you're in the studio. I mean, obviously, she looks, she looks like an angel in, in, in fashionable jeans. Well, I think she looks like something with dirty angel, to be honest with you. Do you? Yeah. You think she's got that about her? I do. Um, so you found Alyssa Luling even though she was only banging on about kicking balls around a pitch? Well, you know, sometimes you, uh, when admiring the, the fairer sex, more often than not, actually, I find you just have to, you have to ignore the words that they speak and concentrate instead solely on their physical beauty. Fair enough. But some, one thing, uh, you can only know if you've been in the studio with, 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 with Helen. Not only does she look divine, she smells wonderful. Oh, you got up nice and close, did you? Oh, I got as close as she'd let me. Did you? I did. Did you have um, a quick sniff of her clothing or something? Oh, well, it, 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 you don't need to sniff the clothing. It, it, it lingers in the air. Really? The perfume. Oh, no. The musk. Is she related to the deer? <laughs> um, on the home front, um, yeah. Yvonne, uh, has, she's not yet made good on her threat to leave me. Good. Call. Good. Um, so we're, we're still together. We're 30 years we've been, we've been married. Yes, sir. Um, Thanks again for that. <laughs> but she has purchased a set of barbells and left them in the living room as some kind of hint. Not so subtle, then. Not particularly subtle, is it? But let, I can assure you they are, as yet, unused. But have you been making any effort to uh, motivate yourself and get yourself through? Not really. Not really. You don't take married seriously, then? She, she, she married me for me. I haven't changed. Right, OK. You're not putting any weight at all? I may not be as felt as I once was, but that is the natural ageing process at work. That's I'm typically tactful for you, Richard. I, I, am, I am making some efforts, you know. Really? I, I, I would normally have six potatoes, and I've cut that down to five. Right. Sterling work. I would normally have two pieces of bread to mop up my gravy. I now only have one. Well, small steps, Richard. Well, what more can a man do? <laughs> Probably a lot more than that, but that's your choice. On a different note, yeah. I keep receiving text messages now. Oh, yeah. From Dale Winton. Really? Asking me to go out for a drink. Oh, that's rather nice, isn't it? Well, when you abandoned me last week... Yeah. I foolishly gave him my, my mobile... I don't know why... I gave him my mobile phone number. Well, you did say you were rather drunk. I was, well, I was drunk, but I was also a bit scared of him. Yeah. And I thought I'd done anything he demanded. Yeah, um, he's an imposing figure, Dale Winton. He is. He's, he, he's an uber male. I don't, I don't really know how to handle this. I've, uh, I've, yeah. already, I've already made excuses twice. Yeah. He sent a third message, giving me an extended window of opportunity, a two-week period, where he's saying... Just name your date. He's quite keen then, isn't he? He seems overly keen, if you ask me, Nathaniel. 
Well, you could just go and enjoy a drink with the man who doesn't have to turn into a date if you don't want it to. Mm. You can tell him where to get off, can't you? That's not my worry. He's going to try and get me off. <laughs> not if you don't let him. I, I won't. Well, who knows with your... Uh, I won't, Nathaniel. Really? I won't. I won't let, let those let those blunt, chubby fingers anywhere near me. Well, I should just go on that, go and meet him and see how it pans out. We'll, I'll look forward to hearing about that next week. Uh, I might, I might situation, that. Matt. Now, I've received a letter. Um, I don't know, why do they always send the letters to me? Why don't well, you ever get any letters, Nathaniel? Well, they don't, but we'll get to that, Richard. Oh. Yeah. Oh, a teaser. Indeed. Um, I've received a letter from the French Embassy stating that if I accuse the French of anything else, they'll be seeking legal advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, like that bothers me. Oh, I'm trembling. Well... The cowardly, garlic-swilling hypocrites. <laughs> they can sue me if they like. Just so long as they don't mind the phrase, Vichy government getting another public airing. You were doing so well. You were, you, you were all last pleasant company for a while. Mm. So, uh, well, it lasted a reasonable amount of time. We'll, we'll have to take that. Apropos of nothing, really, uh, Nathaniel, I would just like to read out this statement. Please. Uh, if you'd be silent for the duration, I would appreciate I'll do that. that. I, Richard Shittlebob, have been accused of making insulting and defamatory remarks about the people of Chile and in particular the fishing community therein. I would like to make it clear that on no account do I consider the people of that remarkable country to be mentally deficient in any way, nor do I consider them the mental equivalent of sea life. Any offence caused, whether intentional or otherwise, was utterly unintentional, and should it be deemed necessary, this declaration may be reproduced in full via any media outlet considered appropriate. I just had to say that, Nathaniel. Sorry for interrupting. That's okay. That's quite a noble and humble response from you there, Richard. As you always been, Nathaniel. Well, it's been another fairly quiet week for myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason being, I- I've been dealing with emails and telephone calls all week, uh, right. asking yeah. off complaints about your sickening opinions and comments from last week. Uh, remind me of, 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 the, of the particular opinions. Well, they're, 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 they were too numerous to mention, to be honest with you. <laughs> Um, but uh, one in particular, uh, if we're going to try and focus on one, I did receive one email. Yes. Uh, I'd like to read it out on air because I just I do think he speaks for the majority. Okay. Um, this email was sent by Mr. Dave Cock of Leicester. So thank <laughs> You're Mr. making that up. I'm not. No, that's the gentleman's name. Uh, How do you spell that? C O C K. If I can just get onto the email. Little Sh- Richard Shittlebob's homophobic and racist comments during episode 4 of Passive Aggressive Film Reviews are totally unacceptable and offensive in the extreme. If he continues to broadcast such views, I shall be reporting him to the authorities. What do you think of Mr. Cock's email? Is that it? That's it. Bring it on, cock. <laughs> That's what I'd say. Bring it on, cock. So then... Don't fear there. There's your eloquent and uh, humble response for you, Mr. Cock. Uh, Don't fear that. Uh, He's not really called Mr. Cock. That's made up. That's not a real name. I thought it, it, maybe it was a German listener 
K-O-C-H. I could have I found that plausible, but nobody is called Mr. Cock. I'm sorry. Isn't that absolutely typical of you? You're getting so I'm sorry. And name rather than his, uh, his, his comments about your racism. Oh, he's, he's comments are, are, irre- are irrelevant. Well, I'm pleased with that you've dealt with it so efficiently. He uh, can sure try. Well, but there's your there's your offer, Mr. Cock, if you're listening. He's, well, open, he's opened that one up for you. No judge in the land is going to take that man seriously simply because of his name. So I've got nothing to worry about. Admirable defiance there. Thank it's uh, completely unfounded, but there we go. Um, what? Yes, uh, I'll continue on that same theme. Uh, there was one young gay gentleman actually came to the office to complain in person. Oh. And he asked me, and I quote, why do you bother wasting time associating with such an odious slug? I've, I've wondered the same myself. I struggled for an answer, I have to say. Um, but I did appease him a little. I, he went off happily enough. Once I'd informed him that Mr. Shittlebob is a miserable, wretched soul mm. whose life is devoid of any joy. That did seem to perk him up a little bit. It's good to see you speaking on my behalf, Nathaniel. Well, I think I do a better job of it than what you do. You know, I mean, you could have, I, I would have gladly spoken to the to the young man. Well, I think he would just, uh, he'd have been so offended at the very sight of you. Um, right. he, he couldn't have coped with such an ordeal. Right, okay. Um, but in between these complaints, saying that I haven't, it doesn't take up the whole week, just most of it. Yes. Um, but I have managed to find some time uh, in between dealing with those complaints to start organising a holiday next year. Which, uh, Probably. I'm planning on going backpacking around South America, Richard. Oh, and, um, okay. Yeah, I think... Chile? I am, I'm going to come to that. Mm. Um, I think for us Europeans, and I do say Europeans as opposed to Brits, Richard, mm. uh, I think we're starved of information about that glorious continent. Uh-huh. And I, I'm keen to find out what it's all about, really. I mean, no doubt that, you, you know, no doubt with your beliefs, you, you have, you know, it's full of drug trafficking and skinny, emaciated young brown children kicking balls of string on the beach. Thieves. Thieves, crowd roaming the streets, munching corn, beef. Prostitutes. Uh, of course. Uh, but I intend to find the truth of the matter. Mm. And, uh, of course, during that stay there, uh, I'll be making a purpose- purposeful stay in Chile uh, to converse with these people that you were saying grunt at their wives. Yes. Um, I- I'll endeavour to open a conversation with them. Well, I, I look forward to, to, to hearing, hearing back from you. If, when, you when or if you make it back, well, fair points, yes. Um, with the, uh, the amount of thieves that are around, you never know. They might steal all my money or, or, or kidnap me for, for hostage for drug purposes. Who knows? But it may be sold into the into the sex trade. Into the, the sex trade. Possibility. I mean, I'd certainly make a few quid for them. Um, but uh, I'll trust the universe that will protect me sufficiently long enough to get back. You'd be you'd you'd be one of the the college boy types, wouldn't you? I think you're probably right. I think I would be. Yeah. You know, they they cut your hair. They'd put your hair, they'd make you wear a white shirt and tie, pair of pair of shorts, pair of grey shorts. Ooh. You know, some, some knee-length socks, perhaps. Grey oh, knee-length so- socks. I'd make a fortune, wouldn't I? You'd, you'd make a killing. I'd come back not being able to have a shit, but, you know, you'd, you'd that's be, the life you pay you, you, you would be in high demand, I, I would imagine, as yeah. Daniel, because, you know... For all of your faults, and there are many, you're not a bad-looking chap. Thank you very much. No problem. Anything else you've been up to this week? No, that's it. I think that's the closer.
That's it. Okay, let's move on. Move on. Okay, so now it's time for some current movie news slash Hollywood developments for you folks. And Charlie Sheen is to star in upcoming movie A Glimpse Inside the Mind of Charlie Swan III, a fictional account of a successful movie star who goes off the rails and apparently loses any semblance of reality or sanity. Man, that's going to be a real stretch. Director David Toohey has a sequel to his critically mauled The Chronicles of Riddick of these pipes. But before that hits the screen, he has begun work on a self-penned heist movie entitled The Leonardo Job. Seems Dan Brown's influence has spread far and wide, and at any cost, some will try to cash in on the multi-million selling shit fest that was the Defensive Code. And yeah, that's book and movie, folks. Book and movie. Jew-baiting actor-director Mel Gibson has begun work on Judah Maccabee, a movie about a notorious historical Jewish warrior. Could it be that the errant star has seen the error of his ways and is trying to make amends? Possibly. Either way, kudos for the chutzpah. Ever considered zombies as existential creatures of deep thought and reflection? Well, neither have we. But that's precisely the concept of well-received novel Warm Bodies by Isaac Marion. The imminent film adaptation has recently announced the casting of one John Malkovich, and I have to say, we're quite looking forward to this one. Okay, this is the part of the show where we talk about a movie on current release. And this week, we're going to be talking about Apollo 18. The plot. Officially, Apollo 17 was the final mission to the moon for NASA. But in his found footage movie... We see the reason that, even though Apollo 18 actually launched, in secret, nothing was ever revealed about its mission. Two astronauts arrive on the surface of the moon, and before very long at all, they begin to feel creeped out. Strange noises, odd video footage being automatically recorded, and most disturbingly, unknown footprints in the lunar soil. Following the path, The pair discover a Russian landing vessel and within signs of a struggle. Exploration of the nearby area reveals a cosmonaut dead, apparently by violent means. Will the pair get off the surface or will they meet the same end as their Cold War rivals? What do you think of it, Nathaniel? Cracking overview there, Richard. Really kind of something. Well, um, I thought it was a corking watch. Oh, yeah? Um, I'm aware that it's uh, taken a huge slating from, from most other critics, mm. which I find perplexing, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic movie. Mm. Um, if I'm trying to see the film through the eyes of a hardened sci-fi fan, mm-hmm. maybe that's where I can find the, uh, the overall criticism. Um, it was very simplistic, Richard. Right. Um, there wasn't much to get excited or involved with um, if you're a, a hi-fi sci you know. Um, yeah, um, you know there wasn't much. It was very bleak. It was, and if you saw it as, as a work of fiction, which no doubt some people will, um, there wasn't much to get your teeth into. But having said that, it really, really worked for me. Um, I love the fact it was stripped back to the bare bones. There was no fluff. Yeah. Uh, I really kind of admired that. It took a lot of courage to do that. Um, with such a, a format, it must have been very tempting to gloss it up a little. And I think the director did well to resist that urge. 
Um, it's basically all story, and that's all you really need. Right. Um, I love the monochrome effects. Uh, obviously, in such an environment, you're not going to get much colour, but that really added to the, the dripping tension of the, of the movie. Yeah. Um, excellent stuff, Richard. I mean, you say uh, not, you know, not much really happened, or, or that you know maybe there wasn't enough uh, enough events occurring for, for the hardcore sci-fi fans. Indeed, yeah. But I, I mean, I'd back that back to you because something like 2001: Space Odyssey <coughs> doesn't really get more hardcore sci-fi than that. It doesn't. But that's pretty sparse. That's pretty bleak. You're right, but that that carries a certain mystique around it which is what I thought Apollo 18 just lacked just a little it's the harshest criticism you can think of so I love the movie but um, 2001 2009 and 2010 they were iconic movies uh, you're really having to to, 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 to to pick nits aren't you really to even you've really, you got it I'm is that absolutely right? picking yeah. that's the sense I'm getting from you indeed yeah I mean personally I, I just found it typical conspiracy theory guff and primarily at the at the willfully deluded and the mentally bereft. So it was just a pure work of fiction for you. Well, you you, you said something a, a phrase actually that was quite interesting. You said if if you view it as a work of fiction, which some people will, of course they will. <laughs> well, yes, they're right. They will. Wrongly, in my opinion. It is a work of fiction. It isn't. So the correct response is to view it as such. No, I completely disagree with you. Um, I know the word conspiracy gets used a lot these days. For me, this isn't even a conspiracy, Richard. This thing happened. and we'll be you, you honestly believe that people went to the moon and encountered... Oh, it's a bit of a spoiler, but encountered alien life. I'm not, I'm not saying it wasn't expanded upon, uh, but I certainly encountered something. Um, which some, is some mysterious vague something some mysterious vague something indeed which is why the Apollo 18 was organised because there was a mysterious vague something they needed to send another bunch of gerbils up there uh, to find out what that mysterious vague something was what do you mean by gerbils? What, what, you put some emphasis on that word well I, I, I found yeah, I suppose it's another little criticism that mm. comes to mind um, there was no real details given about the mission, and surely, okay, you're astronauts, and that's your job is to go to the moon, but surely you'd want to know a little more about the mission, wouldn't you? Ah, I see. So, so they were ignorant of their of their true purpose because they were not inquisitive enough. Is that? They correct? didn't ask enough questions. Absolutely, you're being you're being sent into outer space. Don't you want to know what's going on? But aren't astronauts military personnel? I don't you know. Just, you follow orders, don't you? I don't see them in that uh, guise at all, no. Um, I think that's just you, you being with your um, your opinions, the way they are. I don't think you just follow words at all, no. So you're, you know, it's an extension of the military, so your commander-in-chief comes up to you and says, you know, Sergeant Green, I want you to go on this mission and I want you to do A, B and C while you're there. You're going to say, sorry sir, could you just tell me why? Yes, I am. Probably how, long, how long do you think it last? Well, I've never wanted to become an astronaut, Richard. Or join the military. That's for idiots. So you're, so you're putting yourself in the place of these astronauts and saying they should behave in this way? I'm saying they should have asked more questions. 
It's absolutely being, preposterous. You're being sent to the moon. You want a little bit more um, explanation as to why you're up there. You do as you're told. You're in the military. You do as you're told. It's uh, a typical point of view for you there, Richard, but um, by, I mean, by very view of virtue that they actually followed that line, they got themselves into, into all sorts of trouble, didn't they? Well, no, they didn't, because it didn't happen. Uh, I mean, people want to believe that the Americans are liars. That, well, they are, but not in this case. So I believe that they're all still alive, happy with their families, munching on cheese sandwiches or something now, do you? They don't exist! They're actors! So you believe this mission never, ever took place? It never took place. It's, a, it's, it's the conceit of a writer and a director. It's no more real than Die Hard 4 was real when Bruce Willis was hanging on to the wing of a Harrier Junkie. Did you think that was real? I didn't, surprisingly enough, no. Well then. Uh, I think you're sadly misguided and uh, you're sticking your head in the sandwiches. Uh, this is just more evidence that governments have lied and continue to lie to us. Bodies were not found. End I've got a question. Story. I've got a question for you, Nathaniel. Go on. Why did they keep their helmets on when they were on the moon's surface? The moon has an oxygen atmosphere. No, it doesn't. Of course it does. No, it doesn't. They should check their facts, shouldn't they, before making a movie? It just shows how misguided you are, isn't it? The moon has an, Have you never seen First Men on the Moon, the 1964 classic? I haven't, no. Well, there you go. Oh, that's, that's the evidence that you're uh, using, is it? It's watertight. Is it? Unlike the helmets. It was, this, is the second week in, <laughs> this is the second week in a row we've watched a movie which has... Inaccuracies. That, this week, that the, the moon's got no atmosphere. Nonsense. Last week, that, that there's a desert in America. Oh, the desert. Oh, Nonsense. Yeah. Is it quite a high point of the broadcast, if I may say so? I'm sure the listeners are looking forward to next week to see what other bunkum you're going to come out with. I don't know. Maybe the, the North Pole isn't made of ice. I don't know. Don't get me started. Okay. The North Pole, Nathaniel. <laughs> So what are you going to write it out of 10? Oh, I'm not done yet. Oh, sorry, I beg your pardon. I'm not done yet, young man. Many apologies. The homoerotic overtones, Daniel, I felt were completely unnecessary. <laughs> uh, are you going to explain what, what those were? Two men, together, sleeping together, in an enclosed space. There was a, there was a, a bristling sexual tension building up the, right, right up until the, you know the, the guys start I'm not going to reveal why but the guys started to change up until that point there was some clear indications that some man love might take place I don't know what goes on in your head Richard I really don't uh, it was simply I'm... added to satisfy perverts like you you're a strange uh, being, Mr. Shittlebob, you really are. Um, there was absolutely no homoerotic overtones in that movie whatsoever. There were two men, just because there were two men living in a confined space, you think they're going to start bumming? You're only saying that to deflect the criticism. <laughs> Is that right? It was clear for all to see. 
Well, surprisingly enough, I've read about 30 reviews and none of them mention any homoerotic overtones. It, the, 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 the politically correct left-wing media afraid to say what... The, afraid to speak the truth. Is that what I'm, it is? I'm here to put that right. Well, I, even if, if they were, it would be an interesting slant on that. There's gay astronauts, bored, on the moon, oh, what should we do? I oh, know, let's play with each other. Mm. An interesting tape, if it were true. Mm-hmm. I've got one thing I will say that was that was pretty good. Um, the thing inside the astronaut suit was pretty scary. It was scary idea. I won't say any more, but it was it was so effective. One person, this is absolutely true. One person at the screening I was in actually screamed out loud. Yeah, not surprised. I bet he was one of your sort, Nathaniel. Big <laughs> Do you reckon he was a lint wrister? Thinking about it, thinking back to it now. Was it a girly scream? It was a high-pitched, girly, mm-hmm. effeminate, but he came from a man's mouth. Ah, the worthless entity. Pathetic. Isn't it ridiculous? And this movie, yet more evidence of the weakness of American military personnel. Any British astronaut would have simply killed his partner, phasered the alien menace, lifted off in the landing craft, and blasted back to Blighty, forthwith. Cup of tea intact, and salutes to the Queen. Back home in time for, in time for, in time for dinner. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right, as usual, Richard. The director, Gonzalo Lopez Galigo... Well done. ...could be ashamed of himself for spouting this propaganda. And anyway, what business is it of a spick to unsettle the delicate balance of international diplomacy? Indeed. I, I don't know what they're doing getting involved in such matters. How dare he? Yeah, how dare he? Leave it, leave it, to, the, leave it, to, the, leave it to the grown-ups. The Brits. You said it, not me. You said it, Nathaniel, not me. Well, surprisingly enough, I'm just second-guessing you, which isn't hard to do these days. So, what's your rating, Nathaniel? I'm Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten? That's very, very generous. I'm a... I'm a Four out of ten. Incredibly harsh. Right, folks, time to get our teeth into a classic movie from the past. And this week, Mr. Shifflebob has deemed it fit to select a movie that is neither old or classic. We're going back as far as 2010 to discuss the box office flop that was Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. A brief overview. Scott Pilgrim, a young musician from Canada, begins dating high schooler Knives Chow. However, Scott meets, meets an American girl, Ramona Flowers, who has been appearing in his dreams and becomes obsessed with her, losing interest in Knives. While playing in a battle of the bands, Scott is attacked by Matthew Patel, who introduces himself as the first of Ramona's evil exes. Scott defeats Patel and learns from Ramona that in order for them to date, he must defeat all seven of her evil exes. What did you think of it, Richard? Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Who cares about the emotions and opinions of a bunch of spotty, hormonal, teenage imbeciles? What? Who cares? I started off, you know, ten minutes in at a gentle simmer, and by the time the, the hundred minutes or so had played out, I was in a genuine rage. It was awful. Well, I'm not going to go as strongly as that, Richard. 
Um, I didn't enjoy the film. Mm. I did think it was kind of cute, but you do have to immerse yourself in the world of a teenage computer geek to enjoy it. Mm. Um, I think the direction was sadly lacking in so much that, you know, if you're going to make a kid's film, perhaps the director could have uh, done well to do a director's animated films, do a make it appealing to both adults and children. Well, that's interesting. But he, he, he didn't do this at all, did he? He's, he's, if you're not a 14-year-old Pac-Man enthusiast, you're not going to enjoy this film. It was a 15 certificate, I believe. So, I mean, it, was, it, was, it wasn't even aimed at kids, was it? It was aimed at, uh, at the, you know, an older, older, young audience, if you see I thought it was very teenage-orientated. Yeah. Uh, and if you're not a teenager, then you're going to struggle to get anything from this film. Scott Pilgrim actor Michael Serra looks like a younger version of my nan. And as a result, I wanted to punch his lights out. How are you going on with your nan? Can't stand her. Do you want to expand on that, or should we stick to the film? Not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was well produced, Richard. Um, I did like some of the effects. I like the uh, scrolling and the split screens. You know, quite comic-like. But I tell you what, the, the Batman references and the mm. arcade noises, you know, mm. making references to the classic arcade games. Yep. Very, very tedious. It just served to alienate me even more from an, an already very, very teenage film. The video game stylings also left me really, really cold, Nathaniel. I've never played a video game in my life. I've got no interest in ever playing one. And in fact, I think they should be banned outright. Why would I want to watch a movie that uses them as a backdrop? Fair enough. Can't argue with that. Um, the music was horrendous. It was all, all thundering guitars and young men whose voices hadn't broken. Squealing inconsequential nonsense. Reminded me of my wedding night. Yeah, there's some uh, strange feelings amidst this film for you, aren't I? Well, let me just explain that. Yeah. On, that. on my wedding night, we shared a hotel with a Joe 90 Appreciation Society. Right, as you do on the wedding night. We, we could hear them. Yeah. Hear them through the wall. Did they hear you through the wall? I would imagine they did. I, was, I went at it like a jackrabbit that oh. night, let me tell you. When? Like yep. a fish them in an ocean liner. Yvonne was a fish, did was she? Oh, she loved it. <laughs> she, she loved it. She told me. Okay. She told me. She called me an animal. She shouldn't need to. An animal, to. she said. She shouldn't need to tell you. That, because that night, you know, it's, it's a special night. So it was a treat. I, I, I flipped her over and, and gave it to her like a mammal. You know how to treat a woman. I, I mean... You know, it, uh, it's burnt into my memory that that night is Nathaniel. I've no been to her memory as well, the Paul. <laughs> get, let's get back to the film. Yes, you, I think you, we did. You, you vile creature. I apologise. <laughs> the characters, they all think they're so trendy and with it, yeah. with their funny coloured hair and their stupid clothes. They look ridiculous. They look like a bunch of clowns who'd really let themselves go. Well, it was just typical, wasn't it? It's the, the, the film is absolutely awash with, as you said, acne-ridden teenagers. Oh. We don't want to associate with them at the best of times. You don't want to see them on the movie screen. No. No. 
Uh, Scott Pilgrim, the character, was meant to be in his early 20s. Really? Yes. And yet, to begin with, he's very interested in a 17-year-old Chinese girl. Now, that is simply offensive. What, why do you think that's so offensive? The age difference, the different races, it's not right. You leave your bewildered again. It's just not right. You can't think of anything to say because you know that I'm correct. No, you're so astonishingly incorrect that I can't find the words to express how I feel. The movie's message is that violence will get you what you want. It's totally inappropriate. Totally inappropriate. I guess in some way you may have a point on that score, Richard. I mean, even, even a limp-wristed, pacifist daydreamer such as yourself must agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I do find myself uh, aligned with that somewhat. Um, it's not hardly an example to set to your children, is it? If you want to get a girlfriend, go out and beat people up. This was pornography, Nathaniel. It was visual pornography. It was arrow pornography. It was video game porn. It was violence porn. It was Chinese girl porn. It was disgusting. You didn't enjoy it then? I felt compelled to attend confessional the day after watching this movie. Really? And I'm not even Catholic. Well, did, did it work? Did it cleanse you of your uh, dirty feelings? I was thrown out. Was you? wouldn't listen to me. No? It threw me out. But you threw out the First question that the priest asked, are you Catholic? I said no. Out! How's that for the Christian spirit? Sadly lacking, but not surprising. No. What do you give the film, Richard? Oh. Well, I mean, we can't give minus marks, can we? No, no, I think that's a bit out of order. Simply because, as you said, quite rightly, it was well-constructed, it was well-crafted. It's a two out of ten. I can't be a skyzman as that. Um, there's not much to enthuse over, but there's not much to get highly critical about either. Bland, 5 out of 10. Okay, folks, this is the part of the show where we talk about something topical from the news pages. And this week, we're going to be talking about David Cameron's proposal, the British Prime Minister, to stop the benefits of parents whose children continually play truant or cause disruption in the classroom. I'm just going to read you a brief extract taken from the BBC News website. It says the Prime Minister vows to tackle discipline, saying parents of children who continually misbehave should face real consequences. And he, it's a quote from him. I've asked our social policy review to look into whether we should cut the benefits of those parents whose children constantly play truant. Yes, this would be a tough measure, but we urgently need to restore order and respect in the classroom, and I don't want ideas like this to be off the table. Strong stuff from Cameron there, Nathaniel. Thoughts? Well, I know you do consider me to be some sort of nauseous, left-wing, mm. wood-washy, lettuce-leaf sort of person. Mung-bean uh, muncher. You forgot that one. Okay, thank you very much. Um, but I am actually in favour of this proposal. Um, it's, it, it has a good intent, and I'm certainly not 
averse to the idea of some kind of punishment and uh, and getting something done about something that's clearly wrong. Um, my doubts are that I don't know how enforceable it actually is. It's what right. is one of these kind of loose ideals that can't actually be pinned down and enforced. I mean, what the teacher's going to do, carry notebooks around, making notes on how often little Billy turns up from Acton English each week. I think you'll find that's called a register, Nathaniel. They've been around for several hundred years. Yeah, but it's hard to keep on top of. You know, right. you missed two lessons this week, that's 40% of your benefits. Oh, no, hang on, he was 20 minutes late for science as well. Oh, that's 50%. Oh, I see. He just turned up for PE last week, so that's 45%. Mm. How enforceable is it? I'm not mm. enforceable at all. Mm. What do you think about these proposals yourself? Well, I think that, that, that Mr. Cameron is, is absolutely right. Um, cut off the head of the hydra. Let's watch it bleed. That's what I say. Yeah, I, I knew you'd be in favour, but I'm just, I had my suspicions that you'd be wanting even stronger um, enforcement. Well, I, I, would, uh, I would go further, Nathaniel. You, you're absolutely right. You, you can read me like a book sometimes, can't you? It's not difficult. Um, <laughs> I would suggest that schools begin to recruit teachers from the army to sort the pupils out. Well, I've actually, I've actually spent some time considering how you might uh, perceive this uh, decision by Mr Cameron. Mm. And um, the one idea I've come up with, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I thought you'd be in favour of tying up the kids and, um, as you said last week, lashing them to a chair. I've got no, pro no objection to, to corporal punishment, to physical punishment. No objection to that at all. Tie them to a chair, if you like, and lash them with a cat and nine tails. Strip them naked. Line them up in the playground and douse them with freezing cold water from a mm. high-pressure hose. Sort the little blighters out. Yeah. Get proactive. Get stuff done, eh? Get stuff done. Get stuff done. But give, give schools... Teeth. Were you ever lashed to a chair, Richard? I was um, reprimanded uh, around my buttocks on more than one occasion with a with a plimsoll. Really? Yes. Perhaps that's because you didn't study English well enough for coming out with ridiculous phrases like lashing them to a chair. That, there's nothing wrong with the English there, Nathaniel. It's I've completely done. incorrect. Is it? Totally. In what way? Well, you, you could you could you, you could twist it in a different way to make it actually legible and, uh, and proper English by saying something like, "Tie them to a chair and lash them." I, I, I'm sorry, Nathaniel. I have to disagree. The word "lash" can mean two things. You're correct. It means to lash, as in to hit with a whip or some such. But it, to la if you lash something, it, you can also be tying it down. It, some words, Nathaniel, have more than one meaning. I don't know if you've figured this out yet. I have figured that out, yes. So, you, I, the point, you, all you're doing here is making yourself look foolish. Uh, no, I think you'll find that's quite the opposite. Right. Um, go away and have a chat with uh, someone who's as a modicum of English. Okay. And, well, uh, we'll have to agree to differ on this one, Nathaniel. Okay, fair enough. Um, now... If a child is put into detention, the parent should be legally obliged to attend as well, even if that means leaving work, or, much more likely, leaving the pub. You'd like to see that implemented, would you? Absolutely.
Absolutely, I would. Yeah. Think, think about little Johnny, causing problems. Teacher gives him a detention. Has to go home and tell his mom and dad. Oh, by the way, you've got to come into school tomorrow at three thirty for an hour because we've 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 got we've all got family detention. How's that going to go down? Well. Given the state of many of the families in society at the moment, Richard, I, I suspect that um, the parents wouldn't really give a flying... Um, but if they didn't turn up, that's when you start to cut the benefits. Right, OK. You see? I'm with you. The two things are linked together. Yeah. Um, you have a point. The punishment for the child has to impact the parent as well. Otherwise, you're quite right, the parents are so ineffective, they don't care, they do nothing about their children's behaviour, so you have to start punishing the parent too. Do you think it could ever get to the uh, stage where it starts sterilising parents, Richard? Oh, I long for that day, Nathaniel. I long for that day. At 16, you should be given, oh, well, actually, I'll say 16, maybe it needs to be younger these days, the age people are getting pregnant. Yeah. Let's say 14, you're given... A, an IQ test and pass or fail, you fail, cut your balls off. There we go. It is certainly uh, have an effect in some way, Richard. I'm teachers, not sure to be altogether positive. Teachers should be allowed to handcuff troublesome, tr- troublesome children. Handcuff and Seems quite lame for you. Handcuff them to a radiator or to, a, or to some, some, some static object that they can't get away from. Right. Handcuff them. Every school should have a prison. Yeah. If a child misbehaves, they're in prison for 24 hours with only bread and water. Continual offenders should have the privilege of bread removed also. I think a cattle prod might be a healthy introduction. I, don't, I, I totally agree. Senior management should have the right to use pepper spray on troublemakers. The only problem I foresee, Richard, uh, it's been, again, it's been a little too left-wing for your liking, I guess, but we might not get any kids after turning up to school. At that point, we punish the parents. It's easy. Mm. It would certainly have an effect on society, and it would kind of, Reduce the levels of society um, you think? numerically. People would stop bleeding, Richard, in that circumstance. And would that be a bad thing? I don't think it necessarily would, no. So, despite the outlandish uh, criminal viewpoints that you have on the subject, like you do have on so many subjects, uh, within it, if you search hard enough, there is a viable point. Reward the well-behaved, Nathaniel. That's the thing. My message is a positive one. Reward the well-behaved and force those who go without due to their behaviour to watch the well-behaved receive their reward. Whilst teachers stand around them in a circle, laughing and pointing and telling them that they're shit. Have you ever thought about teaching, Richard? Well, I do occasionally uh, teach uh, media studies. Yes, Yes, I remember you saying a couple of weeks ago, yeah. But it's not school children, to be fair. It is, it's college age, so they are blossoming into adulthood at that point. 
And you ever, ever employed such tactics as the it's, Well, it's just not, it's simply not, 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 not possible to do at the moment, unfortunately. Um, the, the coddling society that we, we currently live in prohibits any genuine punishment. Well, surely you could round up some of your uh, teacher colleagues, you know, use your celebrity status to uh, give it some impetus and gather some dull-hard idiots that you, you teach and put them in a circle and laugh at them? Surely. It, unfortunately, no matter how stupid the student or pupil is, they all seem to know their rights. Yeah. They can't, they can't learn their, their, their ten times table, but they know their rights. Well, that's a difficult one. I recommend bringing back the cane, bring back the birch, introduce even stocks, put them in stocks, and troublesome sorts can be pelted with excrement. <laughs> you evil swine. And that's all from Passive Aggressive Film Reviews this week. Um, we'll be back a week from now, where once more we will look at a movie on current release, we'll delve into the movie archives, and we'll tackle one of the hot issues of the day. Thank you very much. Thank you all.